Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut Who is up, man? Listen. Hello, welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And if you're just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news, brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. It's us today. It is Friday. The CDC has officially canceled Thanksgiving. Womp womp. <laughs> I know. I I officially am canceling mine. I did have plans. I had hopes to travel. I was never certain it would happen. But um, I have a way. My dad is like a pilot for fun. We were going right. to all get tested. And he was going to come get me and my fiance and my dog in his tiny plane, interact with just the cab driver. We were going to go eat with my grandpa outside, come back. But now, I mean, even as I'm saying it, it's like it's – it got the the it, the length and like nature of the gathering just kept getting smaller and smaller and more and more dangerous and we were just like I mean all week I've known it wasn't going to happen but I was talking to you about it this morning and finally made the call and was devastated. Right, it's just like a lot. It's it sucks. It sucks. It's a lot of risks. Like that's that's the truth. It's like even in a situation like yours where you really don't have to interact with very many people at all considerably less than anyone who's taking like just any public transportation of any sort. And it just becomes like, okay, so I'm gonna like yeah. risk this and like, we're gonna have a 20 minute dinner and it's just, it sucks. Well, before we decided to maybe go, I had said on the podcast, like, oh, if I can just wait until April to see my grandpa, but it is, I'm sure a lot of people are in the position where it's like, when you have old relatives, I mean, my grandpa had pneumonia last year and almost the next time my grandpa gets sick, whether it's like a cold unrelated to COVID or something else, like, I don't know if I'm going to see him. So I think that's, yeah, that's why I got really upset today. I was just, I mean, this is what people have been dealing with for eight months. Now it's at the point where I don't even think we can get tested because I can't wait five hours in a line. I can't do that unless it's to vote out Donald Trump. (laughs) Right. Only for voting out Donald Trump. Look, on one part, it's like, okay, people should cancel their holidays and I know a lot won't. But on the other hand, it's like, can you blame them Like for the lack of leadership, the lack of consistent messaging, the lack of the ability to get any sort of test that doesn't take five hours, that the, you know, an efficient testing system that would make that more feasible. And, you know, you can't really blame Americans for that failure, for all of those failures. But at the end, ultimately, it becomes just people making like their own calculations. Like, is this worth it? Can we do it safely? Are we willing to maybe te- get, wait in line for five hours, even even though that's not even foolproof? So exactly, it really, it sucks. Good leadership would have changed this on so many fundamental levels that, you know, it might be possible to have Thanksgiving or if it really weren't, they would probably have put in some sort of like national 
you know, campaign, like Thanksgiving. We talked about this. Yeah. I, or I think they should totally in make, July. make the last Thursday in July a federal holiday, do a whole bit about it. Tell, right. like, urge companies to tell people now they can have the day off. Like, just be cute about it, and maybe people would have been on board. But, yeah, as you're talking, isn't it crazy to think that in March the Trump administration was like, it's 15 days to slow the spread. And here <laughs> we are eight months later. Please, obviously, and, like, anyone who suggested that that was not real, like me, got attacked. So True. it's – yeah, it's <laughs> – I mean, it's just like, it's like, why are you being so pessimistic? It's like, I'm not. I just right. like feel like I read what the experts said and like no one believes this. So right. it's just, it's just insane. I mean, it's very, very sad. Ultimately, public health comes down to messaging things like we are moving Thanksgiving to, to July so that we can stop the spread. Whatever. They said it was going to be done by Easter. The churches will be filled. Fill the churches. <laughs> then Memorial Day. Right. Everyone's going to have their summer. Then they were like, oh, there's not going to be COVID after November 3rd because it's just a Democratic talking point. <laughs> or 10 p.m. Right. Or ten. Yeah. I mean, it is a failure. I don't know how... I don't know why anyone would trust America with anything. Oh, my God. I know. After this. Yeah. The seeing the pictures. I mean, they have having music festivals in Taiwan. And Taiwan, I believe, is closer to China where this originated than we are. So the outbreaks, like, it's crazy to see eight months later how much they actually don't have to do with geography and have everything to do with, with how the government reacted. Did you see Rachel Maddow talking about her – I think it's her wife. I'm actually not actually sure if they're married or her partner. Uh, yeah, I, I saw, like, clips of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't know. Yesterday was pretty emotional. I, like, didn't really want to watch it. But, yeah, it's, like – I watched that and called sad. my dad and was, like, we can't come. <laughs> yeah, it's – And he was, like, really... oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're not – you're not – you're not coming. <laughs> my dad's a doctor, so. Right. We were – I we were just going to go to my mom's, and we just decided, like, a week ago not to. It's just not worth it. Like, it's just – it's just no, not worth it. No, it's, it's not worth just, it. But yeah, I mean, just to speak about Taiwan, like obviously many people want to blame China for this. And I am not opposed to blaming China for some part of this. But when you do nothing to take care of your own country, you undermine any case you have to hold China accountable. And therefore you just, they hand, they, they basically allowed China to get away with it because of our own failures, because now we have no business holding them accountable. Right. It's like you can, yeah, sure. What, go ahead and blame China on like the first 50,000 deaths or whatever, but the rest are on us. Like, we could have exactly. stopped this. There's no, exactly. I just think every day about how I could not comprehend at the beginning of this the idea of 200,000 deaths when Fauci was saying that. I couldn't comprehend that. I didn't let that in. I was like, no, no. And now we're all just like, not, I'm not used to it. It's devastating every day, but these numbers, they're not slowing down. And it's just a really fucked up part of life. And I mean, literally Thanksgiving is a nationwide super spreader event. It's one dinner. It's like, that's what I told myself this morning. That's, I was like, it's one dinner. It's not like all year I've been like, oh, I really wish I could go visit my family for dinner in North Carolina. No. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have dinner with you all the time, but like, it's a probability game, right? And it's like there are so many people that are going to go to dinners and those are people that I'm sure they have a lot of reasons. I'm sure some of them uh, just don't understand or comprehend the risks and 
you can't get through to them. And it's like, I'm somebody that does know. So I might as well just help the probability game. If you are smart enough to opt out, like you have to, you have to. Right. I mean, the probability of being at, and let's say you're at a meal with five, 10 people. The probability of have because of how much how widespread COVID is, the probability of get of having right. being in attendance with someone who at that meal who has COVID is actually pretty high. If we wanted to have Thanksgiving, then we should have gotten working on that two months ago. Exactly. I know. I don't know why people haven't learned yet that we're always a couple weeks behind. I read this morning there could be sixteen thousand deaths between now and like mid December. Wow. And I was actually listening to your like Europeans talk about this or on a podcast where they're interviewing Europeans. I wasn't just like listening. <laughs> I had my Europeans over. <laughs> yeah. I have like my tin can and my string in Europe. I was just listening to them. <laughs> yeah. And they were saying that some of them are actually, they don't have Thanksgiving. So they are trying to motivate people to maybe crush this so hard that they can gather for Christmas. That doesn't seem like a possibility in this country with, with the direction this disease is going, but it's like, of course, fucking Thanksgiving, this disaster holiday that never should have happened is what's keeping us from having Christmas. The fact that no one has even brought up Christmas and in America and are fully focused on Thanksgiving, (laughs) it's, it's mind boggling to me because you would think people would be like, oh, again, like we know that we're kind of on like a month long yeah. lag. Like maybe we should prepare for a month out. And we happen to, there might be this holiday, this very popular holiday, two very popular holidays within one week of each other. Next That's in so one month. True. So maybe we should prepare people for that. It's, it's never until like a week before where it's like, oh shit, we can't have Thanksgiving. It's like Thanksgiving right. is, and these holidays are the same time every year. We right. knew they were coming. Well, how come on like Halloween, people weren't like, oh shit, we should probably all stay inside if any of us. Right, like why on Halloween wasn't it like, oh, if you don't do Halloween, like maybe you yeah. could do Thanksgiving. Because again, public health is about messaging and there's no messaging. There's just Rudy Giuliani sweating <laughs> his hair off. Like, <laughs> it was actually possibly a mascara, but we will get to that. <laughs> hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. 
So let's get into the day's news. So last time we talked, the most recent update on Michigan we had was that Trump had called to thank members of the Michigan Board of Canvassers for trying to block the state's popular vote from determining its choice for president. That particular avenue for cooing appeals to have failed, but he's not done trying. He's moving on to some other uh, state leaders. So Trump has invited two top Republicans in Michigan's GOP-controlled state legislature to visit the White House today. Why is this? Well, state legislatures help appoint electors, and Trump is probably urging these Republicans to ignore its state's popular vote and appoint pro-Trump electors to cast the state's 16 electoral votes. All of Michigan's counties have certified their results, and the state will gather to do that together on Monday. Uh, this is clearly like an all-out assault on the democratic process. It's a crazy—I mean, I was going to say an escalation, but I don't know if it's an escalation, but it clearly shows he knows he's running out of time and options. There's something quite unsettling to me about a face-to-face meeting between Trump himself and, like, state officials. Like, that, like something about that, it's not just like he called him. I was going to or- say that it's like, remember, he got impeached over a phone call, in his words, and now he's having meetings. But it's not like he sent a proxy to meet with them. These people are going to meet with Trump. What's he going to do? Like put a dossier in front of them? Like this is all the shit I know about you and I'm going to reveal if I don't. Oh my God, I know. Don't get the, like it's like there's something about that that is just very improper. And like, again, it points to like why we, why we will have to spend political capital on holding him accountable, not because we want to think about him or want revenge, but because the fact that he keeps doing escalating his unethical tactics. I mean, mm-hmm. ethics, What I don't even know. I, I can't even like <laughs> reach that but conversation. <laughs> but like the fact that he keeps escalating his tactics of manipulation to maintain power is so problematic and needs to be punished so that other people don't do it. Exactly. It has to be punished. Yeah. You are saying it's fine if you don't hold him accountable and it's not yeah. fine. And you're just saying, like, the only thing that stopped him is that he failed. But what's going to – how would that dissuade somebody from trying again if they feel like they can come up with a slightly stronger case that moves the needle? And was, like, not a complete clown who put Rudy Giuliani in charge again. (laughs) Right. It's just like, I don't know. I live live my life and follow the laws because I don't want to be – I don't want to commit crimes because I don't want to go to prison. We need to get back to a place where, like, politicians are scared of going to prison. When did that go away? Right. It's like, it's like if they can't, if you can't just like motivate them out of self, you know, just <laughs> self-interest, like not yeah. self-interest, uh, just, you know, they just feel like they doing the right thing is good. Yeah. You can't <laughs> motivate them for that. Then how will you ever get them? If, I know. If the jail thing is gone. Right. Right. I mean, I guess these are people that just have always had access to lawyers that will keep them out of prison. But I think that's that's that runway is running out for them. So this all sounds super alarming. This will not be successful. The Michigan race we've said every day this week, I think, was not close. Um, So it's bizarre they're focusing on this one. I mean, I guess because it has bipartisan leadership. Georgia did certify its results last night. Biden won Georgia again. (laughs) Trump lost it twice. So there's no hope for them there. Uh, Like we said, Michigan certifies on Monday. But yeah, he's having these meetings as a last-ditch effort. Both of these Republicans that he has invited to the White House have said that they plan to assign the electors according to the popular vote. They said they weren't open to arguments otherwise. Um, Then I'm like, then why, why are you doing this? Why are they doing this? 
again, like yeah. things behind the scenes happening. Like I can't, I can't answer that. I mean, Republicans always say they're not going to do things that they end up doing. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, Donald Trump was right about one thing. I am tired of all the winning. I really <laughs> would just like the winning to stop and for Joe Biden to just be the president. It's true. I'd be fine with that. I've had enough winning. It's enough. Enough. Successive. Yeah. So if you're still panicked, allow us to remind you that Rudy Giuliani is the lawyer responsible for proving all of this. In Rudy Giuliani's first court appearance since 1992, which happens to be the same year My Cousin Vinny came out, and uh, you probably, if you don't know the significance of that, you will shortly, the president's personal lawyer put on a 100-minute show, I can't believe it was that long, which experts called some of the worst lawyering and election law cases ever. So let's just listen to a clip of how some of this went. The 50 to 60 witnesses we have for the way they were treated and not allowed to inspect the ballots. They weren't just um, not allowed to do it. They were pushed. few cases they were assaulted. In all cases, they were put in a corral so far away. Probably the closest they got is from here to the back of that room. We could do like a, uh, did you all watch My Cousin Vinny? You know the movie? It's one of my favorite uh, law movies because he comes from Brooklyn. And uh, when the, the nice lady who said she saw, and then he, uh, he, he says to her, how many f- fingers do I, how many fingers do I got up? And she says, uh, three. Well, she was too far away to see it was only two. These people were further away than my cousin Vinny was from the witness. They couldn't see a thing. Another totally outrageous situation I don't think most Americans know that our ballots get calculated, many of them, outside the United States and are completely open to hacking, completely open to change. And it's being done by a company that specializes (laughs) in voter fraud. I'll let Sydney describe that to you. What we are really dealing with here and uncovering more by the day is the massive influence of communist money through Venezuela, Cuba, and likely China in the interference with our elections here in the United States. The Dominion voting systems. This is embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. America's mayor. Sammy is is visibly embarrassed and mortified right now. I literally, like, those pictures, when I see the pictures of his face, I have to scroll through them because I actually, I've never been nauseated by a photo before, but he really grosses me out. Like, I know it's gross. It's really upsetting. So the New York times actually interviewed some uh, Manhattan hairdressers about this just to sort of see what was going on with the melting. They said it's not likely hair dye that he got a dye job and it's like leaking out. They said it was most likely a sideburn mascara. Um, If you look at him, his sideburns are grayer than the rest of his hair. So they probably just like didn't let it dry. (laughs) He should have just stuck with that. I mean, who cares? This is what I don't understand when people, like when old ass men, it's like, who are you doing this for? I mean, I guess you don't have to do this. You're not a woman. It's for his cousins. Um, he was, I like we said, this is a 100 minute situation. He was clearly sweating bullets the whole time. He was under all of these lights. I mean, it was a cramped space full of people during a pandemic. It seemed sweaty. That second voice you heard in the clip was Trump attorney, Sidney Powell, who introduced the Trump campaign's new theory that there's just like a coordinated international conspiracy against Donald Trump and to elect Joe Biden. 
Um, the wackadoo, that woman. To whatever degree that's true. It's like, I feel like all the, all the videos of world leaders laughing at Trump, it's like, they don't need a conspiracy. Right. One of my favorite parts of the whole thing was the, the Hugo Chavez thing. It's like, he's dead for six <laughs> years now. It's very, very strange. But again, they think these people, some of them, the Q people think JFK Jr.'s coming back to say that save the day. So like, I don't know, I guess being alive right. is no longer a job requirement to be part of a, a Trump conspiracy theory. Absolutely. No, they, they say that Trump actually won the election by millions of votes and that the voting software company at Dominion Voting Systems altered the tallies. Um, if you hear people talking about Dominion, somebody that you follow on Facebook, this is disproven. The Georgia recount proved there's no issue. The, the recount showed no noticeable difference. The Dominion voting system machines are fine. It's kind of like 2000 coming back to bite Democrats in the butt because I think in 2000 there was issues with the voting machines, some of which were maybe not the actual issue. And so now people are like, of course it's the machines, just like you said it was in 2000. Well, Dominion, okay, so I mean, this is getting really esoteric into the voting machines market. But so there are, there are I think, like three or possibly four major voting machines vendors. Oh One gosh. is... ESNS. There's another uh, one is Ribald, I think, and then there's Dominion. And ESNS and Ribald are like basically funded by like rich Republicans. Yeah, and I believe Dominion is like not possibly. So they obviously want to kick Dominion out of the market. But ESNS is by far the biggest one, and they're run by Republicans. Got it. So that's why you have to be like fluent in Q speak to listen to what this woman's saying, because like who knows about that. It's so true. That's, I mean, yeah, when you hear how many millions of people believe this stuff, which, I mean, Millie said something on the podcast that has stuck with me and is so true. It's like, if your barber isn't telling you that's not real, nobody's going to tell you. Like some people don't have people in their life who are going to tell them that that's fake. And, you know, I don't encounter people that believe this. So I do have to go out of my way to like figure it out. Um, but, but which if it wasn't like, a professional responsibility to, I probably wouldn't. I would be like, they're nuts. I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to deal with them. Yeah. But I mean, you know a lot about this. I keep every day this seems to escalate, but their case actually grows weaker. Their just attempts to overturn the election grow stronger. As we said, to bring some calm, Trump and his litigants, they've won just one of 31 cases they filed. And this one legal victory is like not a thing. It basically just like changed a deadline slightly. It was not a, a notable or a consequential decision. Sammy, what would you made people, our followers loved, you made this video sort of explaining, it was a few weeks ago, maybe one week ago, why, <laughs> how you were reacting to these coup attempts and why that was your reaction and you felt that was the best reaction to have. How do you feel today? I feel the same. I feel that, uh, okay, here's the thing. Part of the coup succeeding is people believing the coup is succeeding. So, yes, what they're doing is highly problematic. And again, they should be held accountable for what they're doing, which is undemocratic, which is completely counter to everything that this country stands for and everything that they're supposed to be sort of the safeguards of as being the elected administration so yes, everything they're doing is really bad and we should talk about how norm-breaking it is and how horrific it is. But giving them credence and being scared and, and making it seem like anything that they're doing is in any way credible or possible is actually instrumental to whether or not they will succeed at retaining power. So the key thing is to just 
make it clear how ridiculous it is. They lost. They have no case. <laughs> Biden won by every metric available. And the only metric that really matters is votes. The fact that now they're trying to like manipulate the legislators is, I mean, I don't, I'm not a legal expert, but I believe that that they should probably be held accountable for that legally. And again, it is scary that this is happening in America, but it's really equally important or more important to project confidence about the result, which is that Biden is the president elect and he's going to be the president on January 20th. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely can't. I mean, I don't think there was ever a foregone conclusion, but even indulging that at all, like you said, it's like, then if he succeeds, it's like, what is then the he won't because these people would have to commit so many crimes between today and getting what they want. It would, it's not possible. Like, it's not possible. And in that clip, Rudy Giuliani said, we have evidence. To be clear, there is no evidence. I don't like to say blanket statements like that. Yeah. There's no evidence. I know. I sort of feel silly when I'm like, they say there's evidence. There is none. But there's I none. can't really go through every single piece of evidence they brought and why it's ridiculous or why it's been discredited. But it has. <laughs> well, their main <laughs> argument is like, but it's an affidavit. Like, don't you know? It's like, really? Nobody's ever lied before? To Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> Just because someone has submitted an affidavit doesn't mean that the contents of that are oh. showing what they're saying it's showing. Just because it's been submitted doesn't mean you don't know what it says. Right. Like, they're just holding up pieces of paper. Like they literally are just holding literally in, oh, in totally. many cases. They, this is not the first time Trump has just held up pieces of paper. Then there's people who are saying like, oh, they were marking the ballot, but I couldn't see what they were doing. Okay. Are you telling me that there are 6 million instances <laughs> of that? And 100,000 right. in Michigan, 145,000 right. instances of sketchy ballot marking in Michigan. They just want to undermine mail-in votes that come from areas with a high concentration of black people. That's right. really all this is about because that is where Democrats pick up all their votes. Notice they're not challenging any ballots in uh, Wyoming. Which like 70% of one state votes for one candidate. I mean, if it wasn't Wyoming, I'd be like, hmm, hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny. They think that these like Donald Trump has spent the year tweeting about Democrat run cities and how terrible they are. But it's like, oh, but we got it together to commit mass voter fraud. It's a great point. Yeah. (laughs) Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. One more story I wanted to get to today. So the Trump administration is taking its anger out on just humanity. 
So late last year, the Justice Department supported an $8 million settlement to provide mental health treatment to thousands of migrant families subjected to family separation under the administration's policies. So then they took this deal to the Office of White House Counsel, and it was rejected under the direction of, guess who, Stephen Miller. I guess basically the sources in this NBC News story said that Stephen Miller is basically just involved in any immigration decision. So what was this lawsuit? Lawyers in the Justice Department wanted to settle this lawsuit with the families, specifically because that would be better for the administration for this not to go to like discovery and trial. We're already talking about members of this administration possibly having committed crimes with family separation. So these lawyers were like, you don't want the public to see what you did. You should probably take this deal. But they didn't. Eventually, a judge uh, did order that the government did have to pay a settlement, but he ordered, that judge ordered that they pay $14 million, not $8 million. So this means that the White House's refusal to accept the original deal ended up costing taxpayers $6 million. I mean, in my view, it seems good they got more money anyway. However, countless families were deported while this was happening. They never got the treatment that they're now entitled to. And as we know, the administration still can't find the parents of 666 children. So this is just such a stunning story of cruelty, ineptitude, all the hits. The whole thing is a crime against humanity. Like, I know people get a little hot under the collar when you make a Hitler or Nazi comparison because it's not nearly as many people. But I'm sorry, like, regardless of the numbers, the volume, I mean, we can also talk about pandemic, but the fact that, like, no one seems to care that America has done this because the scale is like not massive, even though it doesn't matter. Right. Is really just so horrible. Right. It's like elections. It's like when other countries do this stuff, we freak out and we say, we're not going to talk to you anymore. You can't, you can't overturn elections. You can't invite state leaders, <laughs> province leaders or whatever to, to your government and talk to them. You can't do that. You can't do yeah. that. We would, ugh. I mean, the, the hypocrisy is just, it's astounding. It is astounding. And I wouldn't be surprised we hear, you know, a lot more stories like this. Uh, and really, it's just. Like, I don't even know how a commission could fully. Uh, no. <laughs> like, cover everything. I think you have to be on it. <laughs> Me? Yeah, you're ugh. like the most of like, I would say you're in like the top 50 most motivated people in the country to uncover every shitty thing he's ever done. Top 50? Maybe. 50 to 100. I mean, I'm quite motivated. However, you know, literally probably several million people, I don't know exactly, like lost family members because of this president. So I think we're all... Right. I mean, I I will say like, thank God I have not been touched personally. I mean... Who know like who knows how if I've been, but I've not you know lost a family member. But yeah, I mean I'm quite motivated just because I think like again it's not about like revenge on him like he's a shithead like please leave <laughs> please go away. But ultimately, all these other people helped him. Laura Trump says she wants to run for Senate in yeah. 2022. Case in point. Right. I don't want President Ivanka Trump. I don't want President Don Jr. I don't want any of these people to ever be accepted in polite society ever again. And I don't, and not even just them. No one should be able to do these things because I don't, because that's bad for the country. It's bad for all of the people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The the government uh, withholding mental health support for thousands of families while costing the American taxpayers millions of dollars is just not good governance in any way. Right. 
So we wanted to share a quick note about next week's schedule. We will have shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. We will be here. There will be news. We will be recapping it. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.